and welcome to the Run Amok Podcast. To behave or run around in a wild, unruly, out of control manner, manner. Welcome to episode 37.0, shout out to Derek Fisher of the Run Mark Podcast, presented as always by Juncture Magazine. I'm your host, David Stahl, and believe it or not, and to some people's dismay and misery, we're actually doing a solo episode once again. We haven't done one of these for a while. It has been long before the quarantine started that I've done solo podcasts, but again, sometimes those work schedules conflict with one another, and I'm left to do the podcast on my own. This just happens to be one of those very days. But we do have a wide expanse of topics to get to. We got stories from the week. We got vibes of the week. We got bachelor topics to get to and a little bit of NBA news. But before we do anything, we have to do a little bit of house cleaning. As always, we want you to get out those Lysol wipes, put on that mask, stay safe because we got a little bit of clean to do, a little bit of sanitization, some might call it. First things first, JuncturMagazine.com. Read volume 8 of our free online magazine. Get ready for volume 9. Man, these issues come so quickly. It feels like it's just one after. It feels like they come out every four weeks. So read volume 8, which is our May issue. We have stories on Ben Affleck. We have stories on Steve Carell. We have stories on Jay Electronica, we have a review of The Weekend's New Helm, we have something for everyone. This upcoming issue, we have a story really, really critiquing Drake's career, uh, quite an indictment of Drake's career thus far, I would say. So if you're a Drake fan, I would actually urge you to give it a read. I think it's a really interesting insight, uh, and we have just, a, a once again, a vast expanse of topics, so I highly recommend Rate, review, subscribe to the podcast, all that fun stuff. Uh, but a, a couple other things, because we haven't recorded this in a couple weeks now. Now, the reason behind that, there is a clear justification for it. And that is because, obviously, when we recorded, I think it was like two weeks ago since we recorded. And during that time, kind of since that time, the protests uh, due to the Black Lives Matter movement and racial justice, racial equality kind of came to a head. And... And for justified reasons, obviously. But we just thought in the moment that it wasn't right to do a, do a podcast. You know what I mean? Especially something that's so goofy and trivial. And we've talked about all this before. But we ended up using that recording the following week. So it's been a couple weeks since we have been, I guess, in touch and talking with you guys throughout our week. So what is changing? I mean... I mean, one thing, just on on the note of the Black Lives Matter movement, man, like, so let me give a little a little insight to me, like, to, man, every for every, any three hundred sixty five days a year, seven days a week, if someone comes up to me and asks me about the Black Lives Matter movement, every time, always, you can go back and and like, there's no old tweet 
or anything like that that's going to conflict with this all the time. I'm going to be like, yeah, of course, I'm on board. However, it wasn't until this, the last three weeks or so that I realized how exhausting actually being actively anti-racist is. Dude, it's, it's so emotionally taxing because I really, if I'm being honest, before three weeks ago, like I, in the back of my head, I might think, oh sure, I, I care about the Black Lives Matter movement. But every day when I wake up every single day, I'm promoting the David Stahl Lives Matter movement. And I don't know if that's like a, a funny or a stupid way to say it. I'm not trying to be fun, but I'm just, like, that's the, the first thing pops in my head. It's like the David Stahl Lives Matter movement. How can I make this day the best possible for me? How do I become the most successful? I'm not actively thinking about how to make the environment around me better in any way. And, you know, after having it just right in front of me, all the issues right in front of me over the last three weeks, my mindset kind of, kind of shifted. And I, like I'm just now starting to realize how how emotionally taxing it is to wake up and think about you know hey what what's going on with the protests at this moment what changed what changed over the course of a night um, what petitions are uh, now being circulated to sign where are the new best places to donate because some places that you donated to last week don't need donations anymore and they're flooding you to a, to a different place now. Uh, has, has there been any policy change? Like thinking about other people, like I, and the only reason I'm saying this, obviously, is not to pat myself on the back because I'm 22 years old. I've been alive for a bunch of weeks. I'll let everybody at home do that math in their head, but that's a ton. I, I mean, I've been alive for a ton, a ton of weeks, and I've honestly been paying attention actively for like three weeks now. Like that's, that's nothing. That's like clearly nothing to pat yourself on the back for. But I know like there's for sure people who listen to this podcast and people who I don't know that I know that I'm friends with, uh, who, who do this on a daily bit. Like this is their life waking up and thinking about how do I make the environment around me better? I mean, like kudos to all the people who are actually active all the time because I've been doing it for like such a minuscule amount of time and it's 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 a crazy amount of work like it's so much easier to just think about like the the David Lives Matter movement than than to worry about um what's what's actually not trivial not trivial and what's actually matters in the community so I mean I mean it's crazy like shout out that shout out to people who on a, a a, a daily basis are constantly being kind of actively anti-racist because man now that we're a couple weeks removed and everything's kind of get you're getting into a norm you're getting into those new habits it's it's crazy how much work it is every day but again i want to i want to reference a tweet i saw where someone basically it was a woman of color basically tweeted um, if you're a white person who's feeling emotionally or mentally drained, uh, get over it. <laughs> and I mean, fair enough. Like that, I mean, my first thought was, I mean, hats off to you. You got me because again, even, even feeling tired for caring about someone else. I mean, that's like such a hilariously obtuse thing to advocate for. Right. So, 
man, I mean, shout out to shout out to those of you listening or those of you who I know who are uh, who are who care on a daily basis because I mean, not being self-absorbed is is an is kind of a new thing over the past couple weeks for me and already it's uh, it's a wild amount of work. So I guess one more thing before we jump in, check and see where the best places to donate are. Again, it changes week to week. Uh, the Minnesota Freedom Fund, they took a bunch of donations, and then at the end of even like a week and a half, maybe just a week period, they didn't need any more, and they were directing you elsewhere. So again, uh, take that like an hour out of your day to maybe do some research and donate. Take another 20 minutes to just sign as many petitions as possible. Dude, Again, I'm talking about the people who actually put work in. They make it so easy. They make it impossibly easy to help out. Man, I saw some dude on Twitter putting together an entire thread. Like this thread, I, I didn't even make it to the bottom. I spent a, like 20 minutes listening to podcasts in the background. Maybe even more. It could have been made like 30, 40 minutes maybe. Listening to podcasts in the background and just scrolling down this dude's thread and signing every petition that he had put on there for either um like for example petitions that are advocating for the arrest of uh brianna taylor's killers like i mean that stuff makes such an enormous difference and people are doing the work for you you just need to type your name in but the amount of work it takes to find all those petitions piece them together and tweet them out this dude must have spent i honestly swear to god six hours doing so so i mean people like that make it so much easier for more self-absorbed people like me to actually put yourself aside for like 20 minutes. So again, put that little bit of time in and, and figure out, you know, what's changed over the past couple of weeks. Um, and again, I don't want to seem like an expert because once again, I've been alive for a million weeks and I've actually been like actively doing something for maybe 0.1% of that time. Again, don't check my math on that. But in relation to the Black Lives Matter movement, now everybody wants it. This is a f- little more of a trivial turn, however, very in line with what this podcast is about. It's time for Bachelor Update of the Week. And now, Gary, producer Gary, I know he's listening to this later because he listens through the entire podcast. He doesn't just skip to the parts I tell him to do, he listens to the whole thing to make sure it sounds good. I want you to add in uh bachelor update of the week jingle and i don't know what it's gonna sound like maybe something like bachelor update of the week bachelor update of the week and like throw that in right here or something there we go he should have added in right there i expect incredibly high production value now this is maybe man this is the biggest i mean this is quite literally the biggest bachelor update we could possibly give besides the winner of the show at the end of the season or villain of the year which people are equally as invested in However, this week we learned that no one other than Matt James is the next Bachelor, which is, I mean, to me, I got to be honest, means almost nothing. And now before people get up in arms over the fact that I said it means nothing to me, because obviously he is the first black Bachelor, which is, I mean, it, sure, it's huge. Um, and I remember... That I, I like, I, I was pumped as a fan of the show when Rachel Lindsay, who, in my opinion, and this is just just on her appearance on the show, like nothing else. Like I, but let's put race aside. She was the best 
Bachelorette in the history of the show. I honestly think so from entertainment value, from actually being a real person with a real personality and real intellect and terror. Like she was the perfect Bachelorette on the show. And now <laughs> the show comes back. Chris Harrison comes back this week. He tells us Matt James is going to be the first black bachelor ever. Now, this is a first in many regards, besides him just being the first black bachelor. Now, for people who don't know, Matt James is most famous for being Tyler Cameron's best friend. He's part of the quarantine crew. He was there with Hannah Brown and Tyler Cameron and Tyler Cameron uh, 2.0, but aka Tyler Cameron's younger brother who just looks like a slightly less off version of him. They were all together doing TikToks and getting famous. And Matt James, I mean, if you're going to be friends with Tyler Cameron, I think the rule is just his PR company has made sure that you also have to be hot. Hey, look, and I don't want to even start rumors because it can be reckless, but I've heard from multiple sources that Tyler Cameron's brother, his younger brother, was actually recast because his original brother was going through puberty. He had a lot of acne. He had to get braces, and they said, you know what? You're not great for Tyler's image. We got to move you, and they brought in another brother that looked more like Tyler Cameron's hotness and his likeness. And so Matt James, again, another jacked, good-looking dude. He looks like the Bachelor prototype. However, apparently, very real personality. He's never been in. This is the first, though. He's never been in the Bachelor universe. And I wrote in Volume 2 of Juncture how Survivor started this reality show formula and the Bachelors co-opted it, how they keep the everybody within this, like almost like a, a quarantine of, uh, of contestants. Like, they keep them trapped in this world almost. So they're getting their new contestants from the pool of rejection, basically, year to year. But Matt James is coming in as an outsider, which, I mean, I don't know if it's going to be good or bad. It's impossible to say. But it's going to be interesting. He was actually, for people who don't know, and this is also first because this is way earlier than they've ever announced it before. They've never announced it before The Bachelorette even films. We still have Claire Crawley freaking out because, look, she's not getting any younger. And her season keeps getting delayed. And, and I get it. We don't know how much more time she has left. No way to know. But they've already announced that Matt James is going to succeed her and the craziest part is Matt was supposed to be on her season however they actually had beef before the season even started see Matt apparently was promoting his cameo he was promoting some charities he was doing as well and Claire was saying oh if you're already promoting yourself before you even get on my season then you're in it for the wrong reasons so it was clearly already like if you're saying that before the season even starts, you're likely not going to end up this with this person for the rest of your life. Statistics would show no matter who you pick, you're not going to end up with this person for the rest of your life. So I think that they looked at Matt and said, you know, this is for, for a number of reasons. We want, well, one particular reason, which I'll get to in a second. We want this dude to be our bachelor. So we don't want him sullied by Claire's season. We don't want him being made out to be uh, I guess, a villain or self-absorbed in any capacity. So let's just take him off for a season altogether, make him The Bachelor before we even start this whole rodeo. But 
the thing that everyone's talking about, obviously, is why they picked them. Now, I think it's great that the show is trying to have more diversity. For years, a lot of the black contestants, when they are on, because there are, there, you know, it's not, in the past, what, I guess five seasons that I've been paying attention to, it's not completely whitewashed, but it's interesting to see how black stories, the black personalities, like these are, these are, you know, real people coming on the show. But those personalities, those hometown stories, learning about people's families, people's careers, people's interests, you don't see the black stories as much as the white ones. You can go back, like I'm not just trying to be the white knight. You can go back and, and look through all the person, like Natasha from Peter Weber's season, season. She had maybe one of the biggest personalities on the show, yet we didn't know anything about her other than the fact that she got jealous easily. Like, there's representation, but, I mean, not the authentic form of representation. So the show's always had an issue with that. I just think it's so performative for them to now bring out the first Black Bachelor. People said that Mike Johnson, and I don't know, I didn't watch his season with Hannah B. But people said that Mike Johnson would be the perfect contestant. And then, all of a sudden, he gets snubbed for Pete Weber? Dude, the most white bread dude of all time. Like, if you're choosing Pete Weber over anybody, then you have no justification for not picking Mike Johnson, except for the fact that you didn't think that your fans would have found a black dude marketable. Now we've got uh, a sweeping movement, which is beautiful, beautiful to see. However, this is Bachelor being in the moment. They're being, uh, they're performative. They're grasping at what people are interested in and now pivoting towards, oh, we want to, we want to represent more black people on our show it's crazy like on a scale of one to ten what having a black bachelor means to the black community i mean this couldn't even be this this is a one i'm not gonna say it's a zero because i mean if you're shot by a gun and you put a band-aid over it i mean it's not bad it's not bad but it's also not doing anything like this is i mean it's having the the minimal good effect and that's exactly what picking <laughs> a black bachelor is to uh, representation and advocacy for the black community. It means nothing. What would help is actually picking black. And they started this whole uh, sort of, they started this whole committee, I guess, to keep themselves accountable for black representation. I mean, the black bachelor, it's temporary. That means almost nothing to me for such a big, uh, for such an enormous production with a huge fan base, what what would make a big difference is actually having black producers or um, black people just behind the camera making decisions and actually um, putting their opinions in into how narratives are shaped on the show. Because otherwise, it's just a, a temporary fix, especially when we see how racist a lot of Bachelor Nation is. And look, now I'm hesitant to even say that I'm a part of Bachelor Nation. I am. I am. But a lot, look, a lot of those women, a lot of those moms at home have a lot of time in their hands. And once Ellen's episode is over, they have nothing else to do but comment a, a lot of racist shit on 
uh, Rachel Lindsay's Instagram, and that the, the same exact thing is going to happen to our boy Matt James. So I mean, it's not it, it's again, it's a band aid on a gunshot wound in terms of progress. Um, but look, I, again, still I'm I'm glad to see it. It'll be entertaining from everything anyone has interacted with him has said he's a super like chicks in the office awesome pod that's where i get 90 percent of my bachelor insight or, or additional information that's not on the show and they've met him and they say he's gonna be awesome and i believe him i'm sure he's gonna be dope so i'm excited it's like it's good news overall but i mean not not enough so we'll we'll see how he's portrayed how the fellow black contestants on the show are portrayed in years to come. Like, let's see if it makes a prolonged difference. Man, you might be listening to this thinking it's trivial, but, like, they have, a, they have an enormous audience. Huge. So, w- seeing how individuals are portrayed on the show actually makes a huge difference, I think, in terms of how they are viewed by people who aren't necessarily interacting with people of color on a day-to-day basis like that's their only entry point then i mean the show could do a better job of representing them but as we do every single week i want to jump in to our vibes of the week now this is almost the customer service section of the run my podcast because we're giving you customer service lifestyle tips or like the do's and don'ts of the sports music pop culture world so we're going to be giving you some suggestions and and then some some warnings for the week as well we're going to keep it tight we're going to keep the podcast tight because again i don't want to get into a stream of consciousness and then start saying stupid stuff that i forget i even said because this entire podcast experience when i'm solo and it's not a conversation is is a very harrowing blackout experience so to jump into our vibes of the week and producer gary cue the intro there we go. Perfect. I'm sure it's full of high production value. Once again, really fancy graphic because I know that producer Gary listens to the entirety of every podcast. So my first vibe of the week and now, so I gave a musical vibe of the week last week and I suggested everybody go listen to Nilifer Yanya. I know it's a weird name. I know it's, it's someone that you may not have heard of yet, but to those that I did recommend it to 100% loved her, not 90% loved her, not 100% liked her, not 0% adored her, 100% of all people who listened to her fell in love with her. Again, so I'm going to double down and recommend her. Now, I'm going to offer another musical suggestion. And some, and sometimes these musical recommendations on the podcast, you're getting a sneaky, cheeky little insight before the issue even comes out. Volume 8, we write about, or Volume 9, I should say, we write about Nelifer Yanya, and where we she, so you have that knowledge before all the magazine readers even know about it. Now, more and more, what we're writing about isn't even going to be out until our August issue, where we have an article surrounding him. But he's a Canadian rapper, R and B artist, someone who's really genre fluid. It's tough to even nail down what he is, but his sound is so it's like. Nilifers, where it's so unique and and rich and the production value behind his tracks are is so i don't know you it has a these 
really strong instru- instrumentals that go with his cadence perfectly. I mean, just check it. It's M-O-R, M-O-R. No space in between. He's Canadian as well. So you can feel good about uh, supporting domestic music. So more and more, check him out. Highly recommend number one vibe of the week. Now my anti-vibe of the week. You may have even been hearing it. And this is, so I talked about customer service podcasts. This this goes in reverse as well. I ask you guys for advice all the time and I'm reaching out and I'm, pu- I'm putting my ego aside. I'm not in my ivory tower of podcasting acting like I have all the answers. I don't and I need your help. So allergy season, we're in it. You can hear it. You can hear the nasal diction in my voice right now. How do I fix this? I've been sneezing constantly. It feels like, and and I, I haven't done cocaine in my life for many reasons, but probably the number one reason is because I can't deal with nasal irritation. Now, I've watched a ton of gangster movies, and I know that it makes your nose tickle when you do cocaine. If there's anything I know about it, it's that I know for a fact it makes your nose tickle. And I cannot deal with that because... Dude, it's been happening for 24 hours, and I want to throw myself off like a 10-foot roof, maybe 20-foot roof, so it doesn't even kill me, so it just breaks my legs, and then it can take my mind off this constant, incessant tickling in my nostrils. I don't know how to get rid of it. I've been sneezing constantly. I've had to stop this podcast a number of times just for a sneeze break, and the worst thing is... Is that I lit and this n- nothing has made me sound more like an old man than this confession. But again, I keep it real with the pot, especially on the episodes where I'm alone. It's a stream of consciousness, and I keep it real with you guys. So I'm willing to admit that I've thrown my back out sneezing. It's not something I'm proud of. I like to brag that I run on this podcast, try to leave a, a healthy lifestyle. I've thrown my back out sneezing. Now, now you may have been listening idly and just let that pass over you. I just want to reiterate that I have allergies and I sneezed so hard that I've sustained a prolonged injury to my back. I'm feeling it right now. I'm in a reclined, semi-reclined chair and I'm still feeling it. I couldn't be in more of an anti-vibe. I don't know, again, this is for the medical experts, I don't know if there's a true consequence to taking too many reactin. Look, because I'm popping reactin extra strength, and it says it works for 24 hours. It doesn't work for 24 hours in terms of, like, it works for literally zero hours of a full day. And so I just keep taking them. Which, I mean, part of that's on me. If it's not working, if two aren't working, four to six probably aren't going to work. But I just keep taking them because, I don't know, I don't, I have no idea what the consequences will be. So let me know, is my liver going to explode? Am I just building up an immunity to the point where I'm going to have to deal with this for the rest of my life? Because I could legitimately go insane if this is just my life now. So, I mean, I couldn't, I don't even really know, like, I, I may as well not say any more anti-vibes from here, because this is, it's the, it's the penultimate anti-vibe. Now, another vibe, and this is a recommendation, I know we have at least one person listening to this who has a unique insight into the fashion world, and 
I want to offer this to, to anybody who's even a little bit interested in fashion. I just finished the Andre Leon Talley autobiography, The Chiffon Trenches, and it it is a wild ride. Now, if, if for people who aren't familiar, Andre Leon Talley used to be the editor-at-large at Vogue. He worked for Andy Warhol's Interview Magazine. He's worked everywhere and with everyone. He was like one of... Carl Lagerfeld's best friends. He was one of Anna Wintour's best friends. He's had major falling outs with both of those people, obviously, before Lagerfeld died, and that rivalry with Wintour still goes on. Now, I don't know if you've ever heard Andre Leon Talley speak, but he is, now he's, to paint you a picture, this enormous personality in the fashion world. He's um, probably, very importantly to his identity, he's, he's a black man and gay, and grew up in the Deep South, loving fashion. I mean, that is the perfect recipe for a whole lot of oppression. Yet, he, man, crazy story. He rose up through the ranks. He was a receptionist with, look, I don't want to spoil anything. He was a receptionist with Andy Warhol, slept at the YMCA in order to be able to afford to live in New York. Like, slept in a cot there with a million other people. Just a wild story. He knows everyone. He's... So he loves to gossip. He lo- no one name drops better than him. And if you see him dress, he pretty much wears these enormous robes. He looks like someone out of Harry Potter if J.K. Rowling had any interest in diversity. She would have created a character like Andre Leon Talley. He is just l- larger than life. And his book outline i just i i bought it and finished it within two days and it's a it's a big old book and part of that i'm saying to let you know just how interesting it is and if i'm being honest part of it is to brag that i read through it pretty fast because it was a whole a whole bunch of pages and i just flew through them highly recommend if you're even just uh, a little bit interested oh man you don't even need to be interested in fashion if you're interested in american pop culture and icons of uh, the American upper echelon. Oh, Tally knows them all, and he he is willing to say, so he's willing to say anything about anyone, and really dive into all the beefs of the the industry. So I mean, very much worth the read. Now, my last vibe of the week, and probably well so far, what's proved to be my most controversial vibe of the week is hair clips. Now. As people know, I've been growing up my hair, and you can't see it today. I wish, oh man, I'm not even going to describe what I look like right now because I don't want to seem like I'm bragging, but it's 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 cool personified. And, but my hair is long. My hair is long and, and a little bit unruly, I'm not going to lie. It's kind of starting to, starting to stick up in all places, flow down in others. It, it's tough to control and get it on the same page as the other side of my head. So, and And, and while I'm at work selling books... This is an important crux of this vibe. I can't touch my hair because I've got dirty coronavirus hands all the time. Any Anything I touch could have potential germs on. So I'm trying to, I can't touch or adjust my hair because I got that with me all day. I can't get rid of it. And it's hanging all over the place. So I, I, I can't fix my hair, which drives me crazy. So to keep it in place, I have one of those big hair clips so the best way to describe it is 
And if you don't know the movie, just Google The Big Lebowski. It's like the clip that he has in his hair. It's a little smaller than that. It's plain black, but it's 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 very similar. So I stick that in my hair, and I love it. Not only, man, not only is it so functional, I think it looks so goddamn good, too, with some long dude hair, and no pun intended. And so that, that might be my fashion vibe of the week. I hazard to say it was going to be vests, and I have a story on vests that I'm going to save for another week. But I think this week I'm going to have to sub out vests for the, for the male hair clip. However, this week... I realized just how controversial it was. So I'm, I'm a, again, I, again, I'm not even trying to brag. It's just coming up, just coming up naturally. I'm, a, I'm a kind of a tall ass dude. So most people are not seeing the top of my head when I'm at work, just in my everyday life. So no one at work even noticed that I was wearing said hair clip. But I had this older gentleman that needed help with a book, and and he seemed frustrated with everything going on he he mentioned he, he mentioned how we had too big of a selection for because we have like a, a little um section up front now a little extra advertisement for stories that amplify black voices indigenous voices and lgbtq voices because also uh also pride the moment so we got it's a it's kind of a, a great intersection for marginal voices and he is not loving it off the bat and so i'm not really saying anything back but he seems happy to be helped out by uh a dude looking like me which isn't great but we're going to get a book i forget what it was however it's on the bottom shelf and i bend down to get it and when i bend down to get it he sees my hair clip, and he, without skipping a beat, says, this has all gone too far, just like that, and I knew, I felt like I knew immediately what he was talking about, and I gave him the book, and I went, and I went on my way, but it killed me how quick he reacted to, like, that was the straw that broke the camel's back, because if you're a racist old white dude, it's been a tough week for you. It's been a not ideal week. Again, like I just said, we got pride. We have the completely justified and and fully supported, almost universally supported, just in terms of the bubble that I'm in, protests for Black Lives Matter. And so if you're someone who's not accustomed to any of that, it's been a lot of a, a big learning curve and a lot of gut punches. And it's like he had just made it past that podium of books. He had made it into the fiction section, the stuff that he understands. We're looking through spy novels. It was James, oh, it was James Patterson. No, it was Jack Reacher. No, we're, yeah, we're in the Jack Reacher section. Something he knows, something that he has understood for decades. And just as we're entering that comfort zone, he sees a dude wearing a hair clip. A hippy-dippy guy with some long-ass hair clipping it up in a clip. And I just love to think that he had just had the week from hell. His grandkids may have even posted on Facebook that black trans lives matter. Now he has to Google what trans means. He's a, he, Now he's freaking out on Google. He's clicked on a link that he didn't mean to. 
and he doesn't know how to get out. It's been a tough week. He came for a little bit of solace, and, and it was my hair clip that just sent him over the edge. So for, for that reason, for antagonizing someone, I made a lot of assumptions there, but I would hazard to guess that most of them, I probably hit the nail on the head. I just like to think that in that moment, it was A, a killer fashion statement from me that I'm still rocking days later and also antagonize an old guy. Now, I know this isn't the podcast that you guys are normally used to. I know you're normally used to a few other voices, a little bit more of a conversation, but I appreciate anyone who's been able to stick with this pod the end. Again, be sure to do those donations, do that research uh, to anyone who's like me, who's been kind of caught up uh, normally on a day-to-day basis with that sort of self-absorption, and this is all new to you, I know. I know that it's a it's it's an adjustment, but uh, look, embrace it, and keep doing your research, keep signing those petitions, and again, get ready for, for Volume 9 of Junction Magazine. I think it's our best volume yet. I know I said every month, but uh, I, I really do mean it. Rate, review, subscribe to the pod. Thank you guys so much for listening. Remember, a wet bird doesn't fly at night. Thank you, and... Peace. Okay, we'll run around in a wild, unruly, out of control manner. 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 Run up, Mark.